on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God. It gave, their, it gave them the ability to feed their animals as well so that they could defeat the enemy or so that they could fight the battle that was before them. Come on, I want to encourage some people on here, even though even those of you that are going to be watching the replay of this thing, I encourage you don't squander this moment that you were in because it is a moment. Never get upset when you are waiting on something. And so what was God doing all of those years that he had Sarah waiting? I'll tell you what he was doing. God was not focused on giving getting Sarah the desire of her heart as much as God was focused on birthing through Sarah a nation. God was not focused on blessing Sarah and Abraham and, and, and helping them to be able to say, we finally had a baby. Look, for all of you that thought that I was barren, I finally had one. No, God's main focus and concern uh, mostly. Now, yes, did he want to give them the, 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 the desires of their heart? Absolutely. I don't want you to think that he does not care about your wants. He does not care about your heart. He does not care about your desire. He most certainly cares about it. But as I've taught you before, one of the things about the Lord is that he is more concerned about what he can get out of it. If you ever want to get a prayer answered in the Lord, ask him, God, what is it that you need in the earth? What is it that you need in my city? Because whatever that is, I'm willing to partner with you. I'm willing to become a vessel that you can do that through. And so God was not worried about uh, Sarah getting the desire of her heart. He waited so long because he needed the people to be ready for what he was birthing through them. And that's what the appointed time is. That's what the set time is. God will wait for people to be ready to God will be God will wait for people to be ready for what you have. This is what I always say to people. And I'll say it again on today when it came to, you know, our cell phones, when it when it comes to our cell phones, there was a reason why. We were not ready for an Apple cell phone 20 years ago. There's a reason why Apple cell phones or, or Samsung cell phones, there's a reason why it got released uh, in the season or in the years or in for the generation that it got released in. That wasn't, that didn't just happen by happenstance. I remember when we, when I was in uh, elementary school, when we were little, one of the things that we used to always look forward to is the year 2000. Now, when I was in elementary school, um, one thing, one reason why they would always talk to us about futuristic things is because my graduating class of high school was 1999. 
And so that was always a special class because we represented the end of an era. It was always a special class because they knew that in the year 2000, that's when the future was going to be here. And that's when we were going to be flying around in cars and all that stuff. And so one of the things that they would talk to us about is uh, one of the things that they would talk to us about is having the ability to do video calling. And they would say that, you know, in the future, there's going to come a day where you're going to have the opportunity to call, you know, a family member or a friend via video. And you're going to sit back and you're going to be watching them talk to you. My question now that I have that I'm now my question that I have now since I'm older is how come they didn't release that idea back in the early 90s? If you always knew that 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 was going to be something that would be invented. And we know that they knew it because here we are today. You can FaceTime, you can call people on WhatsApp, you can uh, call people, you can video call people um, through your phone. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can do it. But why didn't they release it in the early 90s? I'll tell you why, because it was not the appointed time. God will wait for the environment to be conducive for you to give birth. Come on. He waits for the environment to be conducive to receive what you are carrying. He does not just allow you to do what you want to do when you're going to do it. Why? Because you run the risk of giving something precious to individuals that are that will mishandle or abuse what you have. And I don't know about you, but everything that you have gone through, the, the good, bad, and the ugly, all of those things, it created or it, it, it made who you are today. And so in time, while God was while God was preparing you to be able to handle the harvest, what he was doing was he was allowing different elements to make you tougher, to make you stronger, to make you harder. Come on, at one point in time, when something was said about you, you would get your feelings so hurt and you would just be like, I quit. But now when something bad is said about you, you laugh about it. God caused Sarah to go from crying about her situation into laughing about her situation. And can I tell you that that's what God is getting ready to do for you? One thing that we have to learn to do as believers, we have to learn how to start taking the very thing that was meant to destroy us and use it as our benefit. Can I tell you that your most painful experience is where, is where, or how should I word this? I want to say it right. Your most painful experience that you have ever been through in life, that is the area that God wants you to tap into because that is the thing that God is going to use to bless a nation. That is the thing that God is going to, that God wants to use to touch a generation, to touch a people. That is the thing that God wants to use you to do in the earth. But what the enemy does is he keeps us bogged down 
in our trauma. Let me take a sip right here because we're getting ready to go in. The enemy tries to lock us in to that, that pain that we went through. And he says, he says stuff like this. Don't ever talk about it. Don't ever mention this to anybody because it's just too painful. Let me tell you something. Now, I'm not disregarding what you've been through. I'm not disregarding that it was painful, but let me tell you what healing looks like. The Bible says that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so whatever you are able to talk about, you've now become triumphant over that thing. But as long as you are not able to talk about it, that thing still has a hold of you. That's the reason why Jesus, when he would heal people, he would say, take up your bed and walk. In other words, I need for you to, I need for you to, as a symbol, this, this is a symbol, this represents the very thing that used to hold you down. Even though you used to sleep on it, when I pick it up, I'm telling everybody that it no longer has a hold of me, but I have a hold of it. It no longer has power over me. It no longer has authority over me, but I have authority over it. There were some things that I thought that I would never be able to talk about. I thought that I would never mention it. Have you ever had those moments where you get flashbacks about stuff that you went through, stuff, painful stuff that you experienced, and you start having moments of anxiety? You start like shaking at that moment or you start like you start like getting getting real hot. Your arms start sweating at that moment. Why? Because that that thought that thought it, it still hurts. That thought, you know, it it, it still affects you. And, and so, you know, you try to dismiss it and you try to think about something else because it's so hard to think about that. It's so hard to talk about that because it still has a hold of you. Come on, can I tell you that in this season, God wants you to get over the thought of, but God, um, I don't believe that you're ever going to do this thing because I've waited for years for it. God wants to heal you from the thought of, I don't know if God can do it for me. I don't know if it will ever happen for me. I'm so hurt because I've been waiting all these years and nothing has ever taken place and it's not fair. God wants to heal you of that because the moment that you get over how long you've had to wait for this promise, that's the moment where God's going to do it. Somewhere along the way, Sarah had to say to herself, if God doesn't do it, I'll still praise him. And if he does, I'll praise him all the more. And that's when those angelic visitors showed up and said to Abraham, by this time next year, I will, uh, you're going to hold your miracle. As a matter of fact, something just came to me. A thought just came to me when those visitors came and made the announcement that God was going to fill her womb. She laughed. 
But when God questioned Abraham about why Sarah laughed, she admitted, I laughed because I was afraid. Now, when we're reading that, it can look and it can seem like, you know, oh, Sarah almost got in trouble. But no, what Sarah did is she acknowledged that she is a afraid of hearing that God is going to fulfill my deepest desire. Once, once she acknowledged that, then the promise came to pass. Come on, for some of us, there's some acknowledging that God wants us to do in this season. Because the moment that we acknowledge that it hurt, the moment that we acknowledge that that thing broke us, the moment that we acknowledge that I never thought that I would ever heal from this, I never thought that I would ever that I would ever get over this. That's the moment moment where healing can begin. But like I said, what the enemy does is he causes you to go silent. He causes you to go quiet and not talk about it. And so now you are dealing with this thing in your mind. And I've always told you guys that the area that the enemy attacks us the most, it is his battlefield, is our mind. And if he can get you to constantly think about it, but never talk about it, he can attack you even more. He can tell you, oh, you'll never grow past this. Oh, you'll never be able to trust again. You'll never be able to love again. Come on, let me talk to somebody and let you know that God is getting ready to put people in your life that you're going to be able to talk to, people that you can trust, people that can hold your information and they will not hold it against you, people that will be able to hear about your painful past and they will not judge you. Come on, for some of you that are listening in on today, what you went through, it was not your fault. What you went through, you were not responsible for it. Come on, can we get a little bit, can we get a little bit graphic? Uh, when you were, when you went through that ordeal with that man taking advantage of you, he claimed, well, you had on a short skirt and so that's why I did it. And the enemy, the enemy has eaten at you and told you, told you that it was your fault that it happened. No, it wasn't. That person made that decision to do that. It was not your fault. You didn't leave your house with that outfit on saying to yourself, I know that someone's going to take advantage of me today. No, you left that house thinking that you would have a normal day and the enemy came and he attacked you because the enemy saw that one day this person is going to help a lot of women. Let me tell you something that was significant about the Hebrew women. When they were taken captive as slaves in Egypt, one thing that they were forced to learn, they were forced to learn how to handle the linen fabric. Because linen in this day and age, it was the fabric that wealthy people wore. And so you had to be a great seamstress. Hey, Hannah, you had to be a great seamstress in order to handle linen. Now, it was not just linen, but it was purple and blue linen. Those are the two colors <clears throat> that wealthy people would wear back in this day. And so they were forced to have to learn how to sew different outfits for the wealthy. Uh, they were forced to have, and to the point where they became 
became so good at it that no other nation or no other no other uh no other people uh, knew how to handle linen like the hebrew women and so when they got free from slavery let me tell you what they did they took what they mastered and they made a business out of it come on God wants you to take the very thing that was that you were forced to do. Come on, when they were forced to do it, they did not get paid for it. Nobody acknowledged them. This is what they had to do in the heat day and night. Nobody was concerned about how tired they were. Your job is to make clothes. Now, you would hear about something like that. You go through something like that and the first thing that you say to yourself is is I don't ever want to see a needle and a thread ever again. I don't want to ever see a piece of linen ever again. But these women, they were smart. They took the very thing that they were supposed to throw away and be done with. They took that thing because they mastered that skill and they made a company out of it. And here's the thing. When they made it, they would so they would sell it to wealthy people. And so as a result of them doing this, they ended up dominating the industry. Come on, what am I saying to you on this afternoon? I am telling you that the very thing that was supposed to kill you the very thing that was supposed to destroy you God is saying go back and take a look at that thing and use it for your good that's the reason why the Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord stop ignoring your pain stop stop uh stop telling yourself that you'll never you'll never talk about your pain again you'll never you'll never revisit your pain again no look at what happened to you <clears throat> and say to yourself okay <clears throat> how can I dominate with this thing how can I use this for my better? How can I use this to help other people? Come on, some of you, hold on. <clears throat> some of you are waiting on a big opportunity. Some of you are waiting on a moment to be able to do something great and you don't even realize that you are the opportunity. You have gone through everything that you need to go through. And now what God wants to do, God wants to, God wants to take your pain and turn it into your triumph. You've gone through that stuff and you've overcome it. Now God wants to take that thing and he wants to turn it into a trophy. Come on, the very thing that you were going to throw away and forget about and place in the back of your mind and just keep on going. The only problem with that is you were never able to grow past a place where you have been traumatized. You're never able to grow from a place that you have been hurt at. That's just like asking somebody that is sick to that is sick and 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 that is on the the verge of dying because that's what it's like when you hold on to stuff that's like asking them to try to move on even though i see that you don't hardly have any strength even though i see that you that you are sick even though i see that 
There's not really a lot of you that's left. Try to move on anyway. You can't do that. You have to wait until you recover. Come on, can I tell somebody that God is bringing you into a time of recovery? Come on, God. He visited Hannah. He told Hannah, this is what I'm getting ready to do for you. And then at 90 years old, he he is finally able to do that because Hannah confesses, I was scared. And God says, all right, I can work with that. I understand that. Now I can build from that. And God finally gives her the promise. The Bible says, this is what she said. She says, God has made me laugh. Come on, can I tell you that the very thing that you used to cry over, the very thing that you used to weep over, God is about to cause that very thing to become to become something that you laugh at. Come on, the very thing that used to bring you into depression, the very thing that used to cause you to deal with suicidal thoughts, it's going to become the thing, the, oh my God, it is going to become the very thing that you are going to tell jokes from. Come on, can I tell you that there's some stuff that I've gone through over the years that I never thought that I would laugh about. And now when I tell my story, I'm able to kind of laugh about it because I'm like, look, devil, you thought that that was going to take me out. But now I'm taking the very thing that the enemy thought he was hurting me. The enemy thought that he would hurt me when he forced me to do it. I'm taking that very thing and I'm using it. I'm using it to make money off of. I'm using this thing. I'm using this thing to, to be the very pedestal that I stand on. I'm using this thing to show the people this. It, oh my, it does not have me the way that it used to. I used to be a slave. It used to be dominant over me, but now I'm dominant over it. Come on. God wants to shift somebody's mindset. <clears throat> on this morning or on this afternoon, one of the things that God said to me, and I've been reading over this thing, harboring over this thing all week long, Genesis 21 and one, come on, this is getting ready to be your declaration. The Lord came to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. I'm telling you that the promise that God has given to you, the promise that God has spoken concerning your family, the promise that God has spoken concerning your life, it still exists. But what is hindering it is your fear. What is hindering it is your pain, your decision to not want anything to do with it, your decision to not want to deal with it. That's the thing that's hindering it. But today you're going to look that thing in its face and you're going to let it know you don't have a hold over me. You, This incident, it took place. It happened in my life when I was 12 years old. I'm in my forties. It's time for me to get over it. And the way that I'm going to get over it is I'm going to tell my story. This scenario, it took place when I was in my twenties but it's time for me to get over it. 
and because I'm in my 50s, I'm about to tell my story. Come on. For some of you, there are books on the inside of you and you're thinking about writing about something else. Some of you, you have, you wrote about other things and you wonder why the book did not get off the ground, why it didn't work the way that you thought that it was going to work because that's not where the oil is. That's not where the anointing is. God wants you to talk about the thing that that had triumph over you, but now you have triumph over it. Stop being embarrassed about what you went through. Come on, we're talking about seed, time, and harvest. While you are, the way to get to your harvest is to take advantage of the time in between. How do I take advantage of the time in between? By taking a look at yourself and recognizing that you were not a mistake. But by taking a look at yourself and recognizing that what I encountered, it was not my fault. By taking a look at yourself and recognizing that the decisions that I made, I only made them because I didn't know no better. I didn't make them because I'm stupid. I didn't make them because I'm just this dumb person and I'm just going to always be this dumb person. No, you just made you just made the decision. You just made the decision because because uh, because you did not know any better. But now God has caused you to be wiser. Now, on these last two minutes that I have on this broadcast, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you touch every listener, Father God, some that are watching, those that are listening in on today. I pray, Father God, that you reset their mind. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will begin to look at the very thing that they thought damaged them for life. I pray that they will look at it as as the very thing that caused them to be more precious than a ruby. I pray that they would look at it as the very thing that caused them to be harder and more valuable than a diamond. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that they're going to take the very thing that they were forced to do. And I thank you, Father God, that they're going to fall back in love with doing it because this time they call the shots, because this time they make the decisions. And because this time, they're going to be paid off of the very thing that they were forced to do for free. I thank you that this is their season of recompense. I thank you that this is their season of divine turnaround. I declare, Father, that things are shifting for them in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. If you were blessed by today's broadcast, you can put up some hearts, put up some likes, Thank you so much for tuning into this show weekly. I told you guys we're going to be right back on here tonight at 7 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, talking about the dangers of being a hot girl. And our topic is going to be the incubus and succubus spirit. You don't want to miss it. It is going to be amazing. Look, if you want, consider giving into this ministry uh, right after this broadcast. Even now, my giving information is right up above my head. I have giving information for those of you that are located in the island of Bermuda. And I also have giving information up for those of you that are international. Be a blessing to this ministry. It is helping us to be able to do more stuff like this and even bigger things that we are looking to do in the near future. Stay tuned because there's definitely some big things that's coming.
I love you guys so very much. I pray that you have a fantastic remainder of the day. And remember, Wednesdays are for women.